Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Welcome, everyone, once again to the Become Fire podcast. I am Father Anthony Tinker here with... Father Peter Teresa reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> All right. And uh, we are here and we are so close to Easter. It is Amen. around the corner. Amen. A um, couple weeks away. And we want to talk about Francis. St. Francis, our patron. Of course we do. I cannot talk enough about him. I think he uh, is an incredible example for us. I think his example is so important for the church today uh, and what he brings. And one of the things we talked about when we did the Advent podcast, if you're with us, was that Francis constantly meditated upon two things, the humility of the incarnation and the charity of the passion. Amen. That he was constantly, that, that, that God would become a man, that God would humble himself to leave the heavenly throne, to come down to earth. It, he was in awe of that. And then also that God would love the world so much that he would offer his life on the cross. That, that it was, it, for Francis, when he looked at that, he did not see uh, that as, as cruel or evil. He saw it, I mean, all those things, but he, at the at bottom, the roots, the core, he saw love. He saw the love of God pouring out of the cross every time he looked upon it. And it caused him to weep. It caused him to transform his life. And so he conformed his life to the cross. So we want to talk today about how Francis conformed his life to the cross and encourage you to conform your life to the cross this Lent and throughout your life. Um, because if we can conform ourselves to the cross, then we will live a life that is fruitful. Amen. Your life is going to look like the cross one way or the other, and we might as well uh, just heed our Lord's command and embrace our cross, pick up our cross daily and, and carry it, uh, because we know when we do with him, his burden is sweet and his, his yoke is light. So um, if the cross is a part of life, then then let's do it with Jesus. Exactly. Everybody, everybody suffers. Yep. We've all suffered. Everybody here has suffered in one way or another, yep. probably in every aspect, physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, yep. you've experienced suffering. You know, the, fa- the the Facebook life is not real. Uh, we all have <laughs> suffering. And, and so we've got to embrace, and we, but that can be meritorious. Amen. We can unite that to the cross, right? And and that can be very fruitful for our spiritual life and for those around us if we can form ourselves to it. Amen. So Francis his, uh, has a, a life of, of conversion and a life of prayer. And one of the profound experiences that happened early, early in his life is before the San Damiano cross. That's right. So he's That's right. there, That's right. he's praying, and what's he meditating upon? We, t- we often talk about what the Lord says. Yeah. We talk about that experience, but we got to go to the beginning. What's he doing? He's kneeling in a church, praying before a crucifix. Right. Looking at an icon of the cross, looking upon his savior, looking upon the love of the cross. And, and so, yes, he has this experience where, what does Jesus say? Go rebuild my church. Yeah. Right. Coming from the cross. That's right. The right? cross spoke to him. It was the cross that spoke to him. Because the cross was going to keep speaking to him throughout his life. And how is he going to rebuild the church? Through the crucified. Amen. By conforming himself to the crucified. Amen. His life was going to be a witness of one that conformed to the crucified. And so, just to get to the root of Franciscanism, yeah. it's the cross. Yeah. You see the San Damiano cross everywhere. You see the Tau cross everywhere. Right. Francis would sign his signature as just the Tau cross. Yeah. Now, Francis does this incredible thing because he's such an incredible saint <laughs> where he takes like the blessing of St. Francis is really just the blessing of Moses from the Old Testament. For sure, We for call sure. the blessing of St. Francis. Yeah. The Tau Cross as well, the early church fathers took on the Tau Cross. It's from Ezekiel. Right. Right. The desert fathers were like, were putting on these mantles that look like a Tau Cross. Right. They were actually putting patches on there with the Tau Cross. Right. And he's just getting back to desert monasticism. Right. But we think it, when we look at the Tau Cross now, we think St. Francis. For sure. For sure. He yeah. just, but well, because he, 
he takes this thing stuff so deep. He gets so excited, everybody. He tells everybody about it. He gets yeah. so excited about it. Yeah. He tells everybody. And so we just associate the Tau Cross with him, even though he's just taking stuff that's already been there right. and just displaying it for the world to see because of his charismatic personality. Amen. Okay. So we have um, this man who loves the cross and eventually is conformed to the cross in the stigmata. Right. And so he goes up to Laverna. It's a place of prayer. It's been a very difficult time. It's two years left in life. The order that he founded, it's going in a different direction. They wanted it to. He's written a rule and then submitted that rule to the council, a rule that he th- he says like God spoke to him, whether that was externally or not. God spoke to his target. He wrote down a rule, submitted it, and they edited it. But all the like the parts are like, oh, that seems too hard. Right. And so he's like, hey, you know, I, I can only imagine Francis. Like, listen, I founded this thing. You know, like, like I'll, I'm just trying to live my life and you guys are all following me. Like, if you want to go do something else, go do something else, but don't take what I did and like change it. Right. So he's probably like frustrated. Yeah, it was, yeah, very um, difficult time for him. I'm really, really struggling. And, and, but through it all, he just, he says, yes. He says, fiat, like our lady did. Yeah. He says, okay, this is the cross I have to bear. If this is the cross, I say yes to it. So he goes to Laverna and he's meditating upon the cross, meditating upon the cross. Um, we know Brother Leo's with him. Mm-hmm. And so he's up there and Brother Leo's actually got a little hermitage across a bridge you know, yeah. from where he is. So, yeah. And he's supposed to bring Francis food every night. Um, supposed to ring a bell when he's like approaching. Yeah, he's, so. supposed to, he's supposed to ring a bell and if Francis answers, he can come across the bridge. Yeah. If Francis doesn't, he just turns around and leaves. Right? But one night he doesn't leave. He goes and he sees Francis in ecstasy. And Francis finds out about it. He's like, what are you doing? Right? And Leo's like, oh my God, like something's happening over here. Like, Francis is in deep contemplative prayer. Right. He is being transformed right now. And something's happening. And then um, on one night, the Laverna lights up. Like people, people wake up. It's the middle of the night. People wake up to think it's the sun rising over the mountain. People like, you know, they just like start their day. Um, what happens is a seraph angel has appeared to Francis. And with, six, with the wounds, the five wounds of Christ. And those wounds, the six seraph, the six wing seraph, five wounds. Um, and, uh, and Francis goes into ecstasy and when he comes up, he has the wounds of Christ with actually the nails mm-hmm. in his wounds. Right. And so he has these wounds, the first saint we know of to be a, a stigmatist saint. Um, and it causes him suffering the rest of his life. And we can get into that in a minute, but, but that his heart was so conformed. He, he's so meditated upon the cross that, that God imprinted upon his flesh the crucifixion, that he could be conformed, not just in his heart, which had already been conformed to the cross, right. but even in his flesh. It's an unbelievable story. It's, uh, it's probably, it might be the thing that the Francis is known for. Well, I mean, maybe besides like the wolf and, and the birds, maybe Francis is known for this <laughs> next. Um, everybody knows of Francis and animals, but, but now, but, but when you move past sort of that stuff, you know, which is, great and beautiful and now you get to the heart of saint francis that he is this man of deep deep prayer who loves the lord uh passionately who is taking this time to to go out um to pray up on the mountain and and has this uh seemingly unprecedented encounter in christianity that it has not happened really at least we don't know of it happening until francis where this angel appears to him who appears to be crucified. And then he then experiences those very wounds on his own body. Um, and I, I think for me, I think for me, you know, we can ask ourselves, well, well why Francis? Why? And why? Uh, but um, for me, I think that um, 
that it is such an unbelievable gift that and and Francis's whole life was spent giving everything away. <laughs> um, giving away his clothes, giving away his money, giving away his possessions, giving away his name, giving away his inheritance, all for, for God that that he never held on to anything for himself. And that, that Francis's whole life was this mission to experience the providence of God and to give God praise and glory for everything and to never appropriate anything for himself. And so for me, I think then then, then the Lord can then look upon Francis uh, and entrust him with such a great a gift and mystical experience because... Because Francis is not then going to look at his hands and his feet inside and say, wow, I'm so holy. Like, I did it. Like, I am holy. I founded this order that's changing the world. Like, look how great I am. That, that no, that, 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 that the Lord could trust to share this with Francis because Francis would look at it and praise God. Um, and that's actually exactly what he does, that, that he writes his praises to God coming down from Laverna, that with his stigmatized hand, he writes these praises to God where he just thanks God for everything. Um, and so for me, it is this call, and I think it's a call for for everyone who, who, who loves and is inspired by Francis and tries to follow him in some way to, um, to forget about ourselves, to totally forget about ourselves, to... And just to to keep our eyes totally fixed on God, and 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 it doesn't matter what God gives and what God takes. That it's that blessed be the name of the Lord. That we can just praise God in all things. Um, and that's what Francis is known for is praising God. And and even in this moment of something totally unprecedented in the history of Christianity, in this moment of of physical pain and, and perhaps spiritual confusion, that that he still is able to just thank and praise God for it and through it. I heard a beautiful homily one time at a, a religious profession, and the priest said that the religious must be conformed to the crucified. Yeah, and it, because he's the image of the vows, his hands have been nailed to the cross. He cannot hold on to anything. Mm. His feet have been nailed to the cross. He cannot go where he wants to go. His heart has been pierced, um, and, and that 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 were poverty, that the hands have been nailed. You can't hold on to anything. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the feet have been pierced. You can't go where you want to go. You have to be obedient yeah. to the Father, ultimately, and to your superiors. And the heart's been pierced. Chastity. Yeah. And the heart's been pierced with love. And the, the, the religious is transformed. So Francis, uh, for all religious, not just for Franciscans, yeah. I think, um, personifies this. Yeah. This complete conformity. Right? And, and his heart, most probably, but his body of living out the vows. Now, there's this vows. And, and vows for everyone. I mean, in a sense. Like, we take these We take vows. They're counsels. They're, yeah. And we vow ourselves to them as religious. But everyone is, they, they are to counsel all of our lives. The evangelical counsels. That we all live poverty, chastity, and obedience according to our state. Right. That we need to let go of the things we don't need. Yeah. Especially in Lent. It's a beautiful time to say, I got to let go. I got to, I'm, I'm holding on. All this stuff is just distraction. And if Francis didn't say, I don't want these things because they're all evil. He said, I don't want these things. I don't want anything distracting me. From God, right, and and he was obedient to the Father, and no matter where that led him, and then he was chaste. We're yeah. all called to chastity, yeah. every single person, even in your marital relationship, you must be chaste, right? That there's a chaste love you must have for your spouse, not a, not out of lust for your spouse, not as her as an object or him as an object, right? But but this is a this is a chaste love that is personified in this. This love is uh, is actualized. This love is expressed in the sexual act. Right, but it's got to be a chaste love. Um, okay, and so Francis, 
he, there's all these different ways in which he's conformed to the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we see it in some of the prayers he does. Right? Yeah, this prayer before the sure. crucifix. Yeah. Right. And this, this, this prayer he does, we adore you, O Christ, here in all your churches throughout the world, and we bless you because by your holy cross you've redeemed the world. That yeah. a prayer he said told all the brothers to pray every time they went to a church. Yeah. Reminding them of the cross. Yeah, and we're used to praying that at the stations of the cross, that we've we've taken that and now it becomes sort of the, the the verse in response. And that, you know, at the end of his life, Francis is reflecting upon his life and, and saying that, you know, that the Lord gave me faith to pray in churches, and that's how he would do it. He would say, um, I adore you, O Christ, and I praise you um, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Um, and so I think that that we do that this season during the Stations of the Cross, but I think it's also something we can do, you know, every time we enter into a church. Um, you know, before COVID, we were used to entering a church and putting our hand in the holy water font and, and genuflecting and, and blessing ourselves. Um, we can still genuflect and bless ourselves, and, and, and we can pray that silently every time we enter into a church. Um, and so this is a way that we can, um, you know, follow and imitate Francis and 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 thank him for for the cross, which is our salvation. Um, that we don't just do it during Lent, but but we 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 pick up our cross daily. And so I think that's a. I just encourage people to do that. I know it's something that I, you know, try to do when I enter churches and and is is to pray that prayer. And it's a very easy, simple prayer that we could we could do that. And what sign do we make? But the sign of the cross. <laughs> the sign of the cross. That's right. Right. A reminder to us that we've been baptized. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, we baptized into the passion, death, and resurrection yeah. of Jesus, and that we make that cross because by your cross you have redeemed the world. Yeah, like this is the symbol. That's why we have a crucifix in our churches. Right, right. We see the image of because he died on a cross, right, and and his body was up there. He is the fruit of the tree of life. That cross is the tree of life. Right. He is the fruit. We eat the flesh of the fruit. We eat the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, we go and go down that road. That's a total tangent. Yeah, but but it's a sign to us. It's a symbol um, of of every time we look upon the crucifix of what Jesus did, and how beautiful it would have been to be there with Mary and John the Beloved mm-hmm. to look at and see the love of our Savior pouring out in love, speaking out in love. Okay, but speaking of Stations of the Cross, that is yes. a Franciscan tradition. Yeah, I mean Franciscans, we uh, we we are big promoters of the Stations of the Cross. It's certainly you know, Franciscan saints throughout the years were um, would promote devotion to it. They would take it all everywhere they went. They would they would preach it. They would preach about it, and they would encourage people to do it. Um, so yeah, so we didn't start it, and I just say it's a Franciscan tradition because we claim, like I say, we do, we take things and we claim them as our own. Uh, it began by people doing pilgrimage in yes, Jerusalem, right? And so people would go and walk the way of the cross, the Via Dolorosa. Um, and they would just go through and they'd remember this walk of Jesus. And then it was it was what Christians passed on to future generations. And as a reminder, because the cross has been the central mystery, you yeah. know, since the very beginning. And so to walk that road to um, the Holy Sepulchre, which is the church that has both the, where he died and where he rose again to new life. So people would walk these stations and pray along the way. And uh, the Holy Land was not always a place that was accessible to people. One, because of the difficulty of travel, and two, because of the tension in the Holy Land. First, between the Christians and the Jews, between the Christians and the, the Turks, right? and so people couldn't always get there. And so a devotional practices begin to spread from there where people begin actually to, to walk this Villa Dolorosa at their own home parish when they can't walk it in Jerusalem. And that's where Franciscans really kind of take charge. Yeah. Yeah, and, and one... 
maybe maybe the greatest promoter of the Stations of the Cross was a Franciscan saint, uh, Leonard of, of of Port Maurice. That that everywhere he went, he would preach missions and he would preach the Stations of the Cross, and and um, is said to have you know established over five hundred you know stations throughout throughout Europe for 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 people to pray wherever he went, and so. Um, that it is very appropriate that 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 is something that we do during Lent, um, and that and that this is certainly in keeping with you know Franciscan spirituality and, and Francis, and so um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to do, and 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 we do it during Lent in a particular way, but but it's a, it's okay to do the Stations of the Cross throughout the rest of the year. It's that that it's always we always want to be meditating upon uh, the Passion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, before we move on, just a recommendation for people to do the stations. Amen. You know, we're, I yeah. know Lent is kind of, maybe you're at that point in Lent, and you're like, man, uh, I've listened to some podcasts, you know, but, I've, you know, I've kind of failed a couple times and I'm not eating ice cream, you know, and I've kind of, you know, haven't really gotten into it. It's not too late. Amen. Especially as you get ready for Holy Week. And I do, I highly encourage, get into the Stations of the Cross. Amen. Um, so that you can take that time meditate upon what Christ has done upon this way, on this walk. If you, if you can walk it in your church, great. If it's just in a home with a booklet, that's great. If you can do it as a family, even better. Amen. Right? We meditate upon, just as Francis did, the cross. Because once again, just kind of full circle back here, that he continually meditated upon the humility of the incarnation and the charity of yeah. the passion, that he saw it as a symbol of love. I think it's important too that... Um you know, especially if we've grown up Christian, we've grown up Catholic. I mean, I remember I went to Catholic grade school and we did this every Friday during Lent. We prayed the Stations of the Cross. And and that, you know, we know that familiarity can can breed contempt, you know, as the saying goes. And that the more we become familiar with something, the, the more we just becomes normal and average and routine. Um, and, that, and that Francis comes to us... Uh, and he shakes us and jolts us out of our complacency uh, and in our faith, where where he now invites us to not just um, see a manger or to see a cross uh, and to think that we know what it means and what it is, um, but to then see and with new eyes, with with faith, um, to to let God speak to us through it, to, to place ourselves in this position of humility, to try to come at it, uh, to ask the Spirit who, who, makes, who makes all things new, to make the cross new for us. Um, that Francis had this new experience of the cross in Laverna, uh, and that we who might have prayed the stations thousands of times since our days in, in Catholic grade school, or, or, you know, we've seen them in the churches everywhere we've gone, that, um, that, that let's ask the Lord for the grace and St. Francis to pray for us, that, that we want to encounter the cross and the mystery of our salvation um, with new eyes, um, with, with new faith, um, with, with a spirit that makes all things new so that we can actually meet our Lord and our Savior there. We can actually meet Jesus there. And it's not just, um, it's just not another thing that we do during Lent. Uh, let's take back, back to Francis, you know, for our final point here, that, at the end of his life, he's got the stigmata, last two years. Yeah. And he's suffering greatly. Yeah. And not just from the wounds, and from the agony of that pain, 
Right, but he's got eye problems. Yeah. Right, and they try they try to go to a doctor, and they're like, "Oh, here's how we're gonna heal your eye. We're gonna take a burning hot poker. <laughs> we're gonna drag it from your eye to your ear, and that'll make you feel better." <laughs> right. And he, well, it didn't work. <laughs> and, uh, and he just had this excruciating pain. He had to be carried around by his brothers. Yeah. Um, at one point, he's trying to stop and see Saint Clair for a night, and he gets so ill that he has to stay there for two months. And he's staying in the courtyard, and like the mice are running over his body. You know, and he's just just being tormented, just suffering so greatly. And and finally, they take him back to uh, Assisi, and because they know it, it's the time is coming, right. it's soon, and they want him to die by the Porciuncolo. And what does he do? He has him strip himself naked. Mm-hmm. They have, they has them strip him naked because he wants to die naked, and he wants to be pointed up to the skies. He wants to point up to the heavens, and uh, and he wants to bless Assisi. So he looks at Assisi, blesses Assisi, and and this is how he goes. This man who he he stood before the Pope, right, and spoke with him. He stood before the Sultan to start yeah. to convert him. He founded this order that has over 10,000 men right. by the time he dies. He is everywhere he goes. I mean, they're afraid um, that he is going, that people are going to actually kill him and start stripping, like, his clothes and his, like, body for relics. Grabbing some relics. They don't want him to die outside of Assisi because yeah. wherever he dies, that city is going to claim him as the as the Italians own. are special people. <laughs> I'm Italian, I could say that. So, You've got this man who has, has experienced these incredible things. He's experienced the power of God. I mean, he's, he's you know, levitated up to trees. They find him levitating in meditation at times. Has he, God has spoken to him out of cross. He had this profound experience. And here he is, like a child, unable to care for himself. Yeah. Lying naked on the ground. Outside of the, the beginning, where it all started for in the Port Siankala. And here he dies, in imitation of his Savior. Who died naked on the cross? Mm-hmm. And I know we have the, we put the little loincloth there. Right. That is actually from tradition. There is tradition that Mary took off her veil. Oh, and wow. wrapped Jesus, his nakedness, to cover it. And that's what you see is that. But he would have been crucified naked. Mm-hmm. And if you did, and so maybe, and that would have been a shame to Mary too, because a woman, she would have been then unveiled. Right, right, um, right. Which would have been like shameful, but exposure for her, but she would have done it to, you know, not have her son exposed. So that is a, a, a partial tradition we don't know, but we do know when he was put up there first, he was naked. Right. Um, Because that's how the Romans did it. And so you've got the Lord there fully just giving himself, fully exposing himself. And what we consider this great act of shame, which is Francis saw this great act of charity that he wanted to conform himself to. So I think for us today, what can we take? Why are we saying all this? What can we take from it now? Is we've got to be stripped to the point we're willing to be naked and vulnerable before the Lord, right? To the place where those parts of our hearts that we don't like to show off, the parts that we kind of hide away, that I want to encourage us these last few weeks of Lent, that we go in prayer and we let God just strip us, strip the 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 walls the barriers, the things that stand in the way, and we just present him as we are. Like, God, you know what? I thought this about this person, you know? Yeah. And, and we don't, we stop lying to ourselves, try to present our best self, best foot forward. We say, God, here's where I am, and here's where I am because I need mercy. Yeah, I need compassion. I need you. Amen. Amen to that. And that the cross and why we go to the cross and why we meditate upon the cross and why our lives are conformed to the cross is that... Um, not because we're, we're we're bad and we're suffering and we do you know, um, but that but that our lives are a gift. Um, first, they're the God's gift to us, um, and then then we are to be a gift to others. Um, and so often we hold back the gift of ourselves um, to God and, and to the world. Um, and and Francis, you know, it says says to hold back nothing of yourselves, for he held back nothing. Um, uh, to you, and that Francis 
shows us how to make a gift of our lives that that he literally stripped away everything so that he could just be a gift um and that the cross is painful because we are trying to hold on to things uh, whether that is our control our reputation wealth and that um and we're not free to make a gift of ourselves because we are trying to um we are trying to you know, make people give things to us. Um, and so we, we come to the cross and we conform our lives to the cross um, because this is where Jesus made a gift of himself to the world. Uh, and, and, we, um, and we are to be like our Savior, that we are to make of ourselves a gift to the world, um, uh, most specifically to those just immediately around us, family members, community members, um, people that we work with and for and, and are at school with that, that you are a gift, that you are a gift, and that when you conform your life to the cross, um, then you will be able to be given as a gift. Um, and it is, in, it is in laying down our lives that we find it. Um, and, and, and this is what the cross is all about. We have to stop caring what people think about us. <laughs> I mean, to yeah. be honest, I think it's one of the, the big problems we have in society today. We make decisions. where It's, it's a um, social media culture. And my reputation, you know, my li- how many likes I have, it becomes what's the most important decision I can make each day is what's going to, people are going to like me for. And we have to, we have to break that. We have to conform yeah. ourselves to the cross because if we make our decisions based upon what everybody else wants, we're going to find ourselves again, falling away from what God wants. Um, cause we need to conform ourselves to him, his desires and not to the things of this world. Amen. All right. We're into our fun question of the day. Let's do it. Um, and so I want to know father Peter Teresa. Oh boy. Here we go. What's your favorite praise and worship album? My favorite or Christian praise, Christian album. I know that's favorite praise Christian, Christian album, album. Favorite Christian album. Favorite praise and worship album. Um, well, I think I'm just gonna have to kick it old school, um, and go back to go back to my roots, and uh, the 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 album. Uh, this is our God. Um, with everything. No, 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 not with everything. Uh, this is uh, our God. Yeah, yeah. This that's the name of the album, right? Oh, I thought it was with everything, but okay. No, no, that's just the last track. That's just the last song. Yeah, that's yeah. the song everybody knows. Yeah, yeah that's just the song. Okay, Hill song. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't do this to me, Father. <laughs> um, I'm used to the Spanish version, con todo, which means with everything. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So uh, that that song, that album, rather, um, was just right there at the the heels, right at the beginnings of my conversion. Um, and that, that song was just like gasoline on, on a fire that the Lord had started in my soul. And I would listen to that album, and it would just light me up. It'd get me all excited to, to praise and worship God. Um, so that album, uh, you know, Desert Song. Um, uh, what's the other song there? Um, uh, but uh, yeah, With Everything. Um, that uh, No, I, I love those songs, and, and, and I love that album for sure. Uh, well, so that's our, one of my favorites. I could, uh, to not say the same thing as you, I'm, I'm going to have to say something Thank different. You. But it's, it's way up there. It might be, might be the number two. I mean, Stronger's on there. Amen. A lot of great songs. Healer, love Healer. Uh, anyway, but you'll come. You'll come. Uh, it's going to have to be, I go even more old school. It's a sign of our ages uh, <laughs> and upbringings. Uh, I'm going to have to go with John Michael Talbot, Come Worship love Lord, it. Volume 1 and 2. Love it. So I just remember- Johnny Mike. Johnny Mike. I mean, there's a lot of the songs in my childhood. You know, my parents are in a charismatic community here in those. Uh, just remind me of childhood. Uh, we can worship to that album. It's just a group of people praising God the whole time. It's- He's given some worship directions. 
it just from the heart i remember listening about it on a way to retreat when i was in initial formation just praising god the whole time doing is it. is holy is his name on that one? Oh yeah oh so that's my favorite john michael Talbot song holy <laughs> is his name um I, uh, I'm tempted I to sing so. it right now, but I'll spare our audience. <laughs> the, 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 the digital bots will come and, and, come and <laughs> get us. Right. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, let's just close in prayer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you and we praise you for your many gifts and your many blessings. May your Holy Spirit come down upon us and be with us. Lord, touch us this day. And when we conform to the cross, when we come to know your cross, we might experience your cross in a deeper way. And may our hearts be conformed to your most sacred heart through the intercession of our blessed Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Lent, everybody. We love you. Have a great Lent. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.